0: So last week, we reflected briefly on what it means to go the next level, to go the next level with God and go the next level with each other as a community in this new year. This week, we'll be talking about how we have the power to bless one another. We have the power to bless one another by being faithful and consistent, We can bless each other by being faithful and consistent to God and to one another. We see that the Apostle John opens up his reflections with this verse in 1 John 5, verse 21. It says this, little children, keep yourselves from idols. That's the first encouragement of John and how we can bless one another as a community. So John concludes the entire first letter of John with one conversation and begins a segue into a new conversation about walking in truth and in doing life together. These letters that John wrote to the early church are precisely that. They're letters about how we as God's people are called to do life together. God calls us individually, but he calls us into life together together as one church body and one church community. The concern that John has here is the concern that we can even share today. The concern and worry of people like you and me getting lost in false hope, getting lost and stranded in giving ourselves to something that really does not provide real hope at all. John says, don't settle for that. Don't settle for the the cheap stuff. Settle only for the real living hope that we find in Jesus. This is a warning from John, saying, do not give yourself to the wrong thing. Love as God has loved you. Take on this authentic, real gospel. Don't settle for the cheap stuff. Don't give into secondary things or even the appearances of love, love, and the appearances of good things. But give into the real thing. Give into God's love and joy and this truth that is available to us here and now. This truth that will lead us to living hope, not just the temporary hope. Don't give in to the cheap stuff, says John. Don't give in to idols. Only receive the real thing. Give in to the real thing. Just as that old song by Marvin Gaye goes, right? Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. That's what John is saying here. Don't give in to the cheap stuff. Give in to the real thing that is available to us here and now because of Jesus But he's more specific, and he says this. He says, Keep yourselves from idols. Now, what exactly does that mean? As we reflect on that together as a church, and as we look into this new year, in order to understand the the warning of the Apostle John as we prepare for this new year to go that next level with each other and with God, what does he mean by this? Keep yourselves from idols. Well, in order to really get clarity on that, we need to understand what exactly an idol is, right? And an idol is this an idol is giving ourselves to some specific object, some idea, in a manner that only God can sustain. When we give ourselves to a thing, an idea, a person, in a way that only God can sustain. Only God can carry the true weight of your soul and of your life. Giving into idolatry is really bowing down to the wrong thing. It's serving the wrong God. It's choosing to bow down and worship something created rather than the creator. That's what idolatry is. I love how one friend of mine once described it. And it's absolutely true because it was true about me too. He said this he said, Idolatry is actually what we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on it. That's idolatry. Idolatry oftentimes are, is not, sometimes we think idolatry are those, those scary, ugly things in our lives that we want to keep away from everyone, but oftentimes idolatry aren't the worst, ugliest things in our lives. Idolatry are those things that we think are the best things in our lives. Idolatry is our desire to put second things first and first things Second. Idolatry is trying to get a good thing the wrong way. This is John's warning here to us. Anything that is first priority over God is a potential idol in our lives, in our hearts, and even in the life of our church as well. Anything that we put before God, what we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on it, and it's very interesting because this is something that has been laid out throughout the scriptures and even in the commandments, right? Many of us remember the Ten Commandments, and the first two commandments have to do with this do not worship other gods, one. And number two, do not bow down to idols. And here, John is warning us of that once again. If we want to get to that next level, to that deeper level with God, do not bow down to idols. Do not worship the wrong thing. Do not put second things first and first things second. God is first. When we put him second, we get into trouble. And it's a strange phenomenon that can happen to anyone. And John is aware of that. It can happen to non-church people and even to church people. And here, John is actually writing to church people because he knows that this is a strange phenomenon that can happen to local churches as well. We can experience this. Sometimes churches can give too much attention to the wrong object. So John's call here is to actually keep first things first And the main thing, the main thing, and that's Jesus. Anything else has the potential to become an idol. Now, it's very possible to just get lost and give ourselves to the wrong things. The gospel made known in Jesus is the message that we've heard. John is emphasizing this over and over again. He is saying, let this message, let this hope in Jesus Christ be the core of who you are. May Jesus be the center of our community, and may we do life together. We can't settle for anything else. Nothing else can be the center of this community or the center of our lives John is saying here, don't give in to secondary things. Do not make the core of your life anything else. The core of your life can't be those mountaintop experiences. The core of your life can't be those rock bottoms. The core of your life can't be the ups or the downs or the joys or the sorrows or your plans for the future or your ideas or your memories of the good old days in the past. That will not sustain you. Let Jesus Christ, the only one who gives us living hope, life giving hope that is available to us here and now, let Jesus be the center of your life. Let Jesus be the center of this church, is what the Apostle John is encouraging us to this morning. Let this Savior Jesus be the center of this church, of our families. Because the truth is that there's all kinds of distraction out there. There's all kinds of mirages that we can be chasing, and they will lead us astray. Those things can lead us, even as a church community, astray. I've seen it happen firsthand, when churches put second things first and first things second. I can give many examples of that. That's why there has been hurt, there's been challenges, there's been disappointments, When we don't keep the main thing, the main thing that can lead us astray. All secondary things can become idols. Whether it be the desire for power, of authority, of security, gossip, slander. All of those things can become idols. That's why the Apostle John says as children, keep yourselves from idols. John is sharing hard words here with those that he loves because sometimes the most loving action that can be taken is having a hard conversation, especially with someone that we love. You know, I'm so grateful that I get to see the the families that belong here to Imago Church. You all mean so much to me and to this community, and uh, I'm so grateful that we get to do life together. And I'm grateful for even my own family, um, for uh, Charlotte and for our two children, Lemuel and Lael, or as they're affectionately called, Lemmy and Lalito. And um, uh, I remember before even they were in the picture, my wife and I had an opportunity to do this pretty interesting uh, practice together where we got to learn this this truth about how um, love requires honesty and hard conversations. And um, the person that was doing premarital counseling for us was actually a friend of mine. His name's Josh. He's a past- He's my pastoral mentor. He's up in Northern California. He's been here at Imago before, and he really enjoyed worshiping with everyone here. But I remember he had us do this pretty intense practice where we were in his office, and then he had us sit in these two chairs right in the middle of the room, and we had to just stare at each other. So Charlotte and I had to just look into each other's eyes and just stare at each other. It was kind of awkward and uncomfortable, but maybe that prepared us for marriage, right? Um, There can be awkward and uncomfortable moments. But all joking aside, he had us just stare into each other's eyes And he said something that we're never going to forget as we're looking into each other's eyes. He said, I want you to know that right now, the person that you're looking at is a very unique person in your life. No one will ever love you as much as this person that's looking at you right now. And no one will ever hurt you as much as the person that you're looking at right now. When we love in a way that is honest, in a way that is vulnerable... It opens up possibilities for love and hurt at times, for love and honest conversations at times. The point that Josh was trying to make there in this counseling session was that we both had the power, we continue to have the power to hurt one another and we have the power to choose to love one another. And then the other point he was making is the fact that love requires vulnerability. Love is always vulnerable. If I'm hoping to just be in control of situation and outcome and dictate terms, well, that's not the kind of love that God invites us into. Love will always be vulnerable. And because of that, vulnerability and honesty... That means at times that love, real love, real life together, real relationship will require hard conversations. There's even a word for this in the Scriptures. It's a word we don't really use in our vocabulary today, interestingly enough, but it's all over the Scriptures, even as a command. And that word is called admonishment. Admonishment is having hard conversations driven by love. That's what admonishment is. And I love this quote by this uh, old uh, writer, this very influential influential teacher in Christian history by the name of Martin Luther, when he talks about the need for admonishment that he sees in the book of Galatians. And he says this, he says that admonishment is actually proof of, Of my love for my brother or sister. And then he goes on to say that my refusal to admonish my brother or sister in Christ is actually proof of my unspoken hatred for them. If I see my brother and sister going in the wrong direction, the most loving thing to do is to have a hard conversation. That may be a little awkward and uncomfortable, but God calls us to go that deeper level, that next level together. I love how the book of Proverbs in chapter 27, verse 6, reminds us of this, and it tells us that this is a part of wisdom. Proverbs 27, 6 says that the wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses or other translations, right? The wounds of a friend can be trusted, that's admonishment, but the kisses of an enemy are deceptive. This is the kind of life together that John invites us into, the ability to be honest and vulnerable, to be tough and tender, to be direct but not rough. I'm so grateful that As the pastor of this church community, I've had the opportunity to have many wonderful moments together with the different families and individuals here at the church. And there's been opportunities to sometimes have hard conversations. Sometimes some of you have had hard conversations with me, and I'm grateful for that. I like to think that that's actually brought us closer, that we have the opportunity to go through things together not just cut and run, not just run away when it gets hard, but to go through things together. And I know that in in my own personality, I can tend to be a pretty direct person, and I'm not perfect at it. So, I pray, and I ask you to pray for me as your pastor when such conversations have to happen. You know, I'm not perfect at it, but God continues to grow and mature me and each one of us as well. And so as we look into this year of going into the next level, we realize that we all need to be honest, open, and vulnerable in order to get through life together. And here's the reality of this new year of 2020. We need your help. We're asking everyone here at Imago to step in and step up in the area that God has called you to serve, in that sweet spot in serving, because that's the invitation here, to go that next level, to go deeper in our life together. The next verse continues in that reflection in 2 John. This is a letter about living life together. It's about being united in Christ about being God's gathered community, about being a people that can experience the hope of Christ through restored relationships. When we do life together, that's a witness to who God is. In fact, the world will know the love of God beginning with how we, as a church, as God's people, beginning how we, with how we love one another. And I love how this encouragement continues here in 2 John in verse 12. It says this, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. I love that encouragement by the Apostle John here. To do life together face to face. You know, we live in an age where we are more connected than ever, and at the same time, we are more inwardly focused than ever. We have the power and the opportunity to just pick up a device and connect with anyone around the world at any time, but it's also a unique time in the history of the world where we are more isolated than ever before. What John is saying here is that all real relationships will lead toward being together in person. There's great power, and we can take it for granted. But there's great power in doing life together in the flesh, face to face. Love becomes real. Love becomes actual. It becomes tangible and physical when we are face to face. So that's part of my prayer for this year, that we wouldn't take it for granted, that we wouldn't take for granted the power of showing up, the power of being faithful and consistent in our life here as a church. And I love how we can apply this even to us, just as the Apostle John did in the Scripture and that's the truth for us here, brothers, sisters, friends here at Imago Church. Joy is made complete when we learn to do life together. To take that next step, to go deeper in that next level with God and with each other. And I love how this other scripture we read in Hebrews chapter 10 Verses uh, 24 to 25 remind us of this as well. It says this, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We've talked about this together as a church community, but the fact is that we are all blessed but we're not just blessed, period. Each one of us is blessed to be a blessing. Here at Imago Church, we're all contributing to build up God's kingdom. No one here is simply consuming, but we're all contributing together as one family and one body moving toward a common mission to build up the kingdom of God here at Imago Church. So here's a question that I want you to Think about, pray about, write about throughout this week. And let's be building on it together in the weeks to come here in January. But here's the question How can you step in and step up this year? What would that look like for you to step in and step up in this new year? For some, it's going to feel like, well, maybe I first need to get closer to God. For others, it's going to be, no, I need to now take that next step in mission. But that's going to be the question for you to take home and write down, reflect and pray on it. What does it look like for you to step in and step up this year? You know, we can do this in many different ways with our time, with our treasure, our generosity, and with our God-given talents and spiritual gifts as well. I have uh, remember some of the Most important and profound emails that I've ever gotten before through email or text or phone call with some folks from this community that have actually um, uh, uh, communicated to me and said things like, you know what, I'm not really an upfront person, but I just want to be in the background and I want to help with whatever needs to be done in the background And I'm so grateful for people like that because the truth is sometimes we can take for granted and think that Sundays and events that we have and concerts, all of that just somehow happens. No, it doesn't just happen. There are hours and hours of people working in the background so that that can come together. You know, I remember another person once uh, telling me, you know what, I don't have much uh, resources or, or money, but one thing I do is I, I can work hard and I can um, be committed to showing up. And this person offered to just simply clean up around the church and to even occasionally help with the lawn here in the church. That is someone's offering as well. That's someone stepping in and stepping up. And even in this year, we have opportunities for a couple of folks to actually step in and step up in leadership positions. Here at Imago, we're going, we have a need for people to step in in leadership through um, you know, deacon and elder roles, through church business, and through pastoral uh, care matters as well. So if that's something you feel called to, please talk to me. And we can then begin to uh, pray through what the process of that would look like. So that's the question. How can you step in and step up in this new year? And the truth is that no one can do everything But everyone can do something with God's help. We all matter here. We're all building something together. And the truth is there are no perfect people allowed. There are no self-described superstars. You know, I've had moments where even in the early days of planting Immagro Church, I'd talk to a person here or there, um, and uh, there would be just a lot of talk I remember someone in particular once telling me, you know what, I can do this, I can do that, I can do all of these things for the ministry. And their sometimes, their question to me immediately was, so what can I do? And my response was pretty frustrating to them, because I simply said, show up. That's the first thing to do. Show up faithfully and consistently for three months, and then let's talk. Let's talk about what we can do. But being faithful and consistent is the key because the reality is that the best ability is availability. Just show up. You can bless this community by faithfully and consistently showing up. You have the power to bless one another You can bless your church community by being faithful, approachable, consistent, and teachable. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to bless this community by being approachable and teachable. But today, we're going to focus just on these two. We can be a blessing to one another. You can be a blessing to this church community by being faithful and consistent. Faithful and consistent in Sunday worship. Faithful and consistent in taking a next step deeper with a discipleship group or with a service position to be a part of the mission, the outreach, the service that we do throughout the year. You have the power to bless this community by being faithful and consistent, by showing up, as John says here, face to face. And there are a variety of different ways that we can step in and step up through welcome, through hospitality, through children and youth ministry, through uh, leadership, through all kinds of things, through worship. There's an opportunity for each one of us to use our God-given gifts throughout this year. We can be a blessing by being faithful and consistent with God and one another by being a faithful part of this community in this year. And here's the truth. Every single one of us matters. Everyone here has God-given gifts and God-given abilities. So we see here that as uh, we're concluding With these reflections, that the Apostle John goes from giving warnings against idols, warnings against being isolated, to now giving an encouragement. He goes from warning to encouragement. And what exactly is an encouragement? An encouragement is something to give us courage to keep going, to keep moving forward. And we see this in this passage in 3 John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says this, he says, It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. When John speaks about children, he's speaking about the people of God. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. John is delighted that this congregation is walking in the truth. And as we move forward in 2020, may we realize this, that the person of Jesus Christ is the truth. In fact, he even tells us that in John 14, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Eternity is a relationship with this person, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The greatest joy for John is to hear that his disciples are walking in the truth. The truth is not just an idea or a philosophy It's not just inspiration. It's not just information. But the truth is not even an argument. The truth is a person. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go deeper and into that next level in this next year, would you begin with that? With connecting to Jesus. Connecting to the truth of God. Because... Here's the truth. I love the way one of my uh, favorite theologians, Karl Barth, once said it. He said, Jesus does not give us recipes that show us the way to God as other teachers of religions do, but instead Jesus himself is the way. So that's my prayer this year as we reflect on and look ahead to 2020 that we may commit to Stirring away from idols and really stepping in to truth. Stepping into truth as one family, as one body, moving forward in life together. And I pray that we could be able to step in and step up in this commitment. That we could commit together as a church community in 2020 and in the years to come. We can commit to keeping first things first. And we can commit to keeping the main thing, the main thing. And that is Jesus. In Christ, we will be rooted and grounded. In Christ, we will be sustained. So that's my prayer, that we could commit to that together as a church community in this new year, in this new decade. In Christ, we will be rooted and grounded. And that means since we're rooted and grounded in Christ, that means we will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Whatever may come in this new year, whatever may come in this new decade, remember we are rooted and grounded in Christ. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Amen? Amen. This is where we're going. This is what it means to step in, to step up, to go that next level. And the good news is that whenever we stray, whenever we get distracted, whenever we lose our way, we can always come back. We can always come back to God, and even in this community, come back to one another. The arms of God are constantly open toward us. His arm is reaching out toward us. And my prayer is this, that we would commit to remaining rooted and grounded in Christ, That means keeping first things first, keeping the main thing, the main thing, holding on to the truth found in God's Word, holding on to the reality that we know that we are loved, we are secured, that Jesus sees our future, He makes a way. We are loved by Him. So that's my hope for this year, Imago Church. I pray a blessing upon each and every one of us, upon each of the families represented here, and upon us as a church family. As we move forward this year, I pray that God would give us courage, that God would give us resilience, that God would give us confidence, and that confidence is not a confidence in ourselves, but it is confidence in the God that we worship Amen? Let's move forward into 2020. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that your way is so much better than just our way, Lord. God, we pray, Lord, that you would be able to just do something new in this new year, Lord. Something that goes beyond anything we could ask for or even imagine. Something, Lord, that if you told us what it was, we wouldn't even believe it right now, God. Lord, would you just set our hearts and set our minds for greater things, Lord. We know that when we follow you, Lord, there's always that next stage, that next level, Lord. And in those moments where we feel